Today is Tuesday. It's the yard site of the Rebbe Marash. Yud Gimel Tishrei. He passed away in Ta'af Reish Mem Gimel, 1882. 131 years ago, if I'm not incorrect. Every soul of Jacobson brings this mice in his Rishimus, in his diary. That there was a year by the name of Rabdavid Meir Abinovich, the Radam. Rabdavid Meir Abinovich was a rabbi in Boston. He was a very chosh of a rabbi, a big goan, and a part of a basic chosh. He was a chosh yet from the Rebbe Marash, who was older than the Friedrich Rebbe. And in the Igris Kedish, the letters in the Friedrich Rebbe to him are written with such covet. The, the titles are very, very special, very unusual. His, he had a son named Osher, Osher Abinovich, Osher Abinovich. He was an attorney, he was a lawyer. And he lived in Washington. He saved the Rebbe. Oh. Our Rebbe. He was the lawyer that negotiated with the State Department that the Rebbe should be allowed into the United States. And when the day the Rebbe arrived, on Monday, there's a letter from the Friedrich Rebbe to this Abdovner Abinovich. My son-in-law and daughter arrived. Please tell your son, my Osher. Anyway, Abdovner Abinovich was a big chassid. A big gun. I lived in America. And there was once a Fabrengen. I think it was Chayelo, Tzadik Zayin, Tzadik Ches. There's a story about how that Fabrengen happened in the first place. I'll tell you the story also. Yeah? And it's also negated to Rebbe Marash. The Dabmer Abanovich was living in America. And he hated it. Mm. Who wouldn't? He was an elderly Jew, a Pitamut Chochem. So he decided to move to Israel. So he asked the Friya de Kerebe. And the Friedrich Rebbe said he doesn't think it's a good idea. The Dovmei Rabinovich moved anyway. And a year later he informed the Friedrich Rebbe that he couldn't find a place himself in Israel. He moved back to America. It happened, Bashgoch Pratis, that the paths of Rabbi Jacobson and the Dovmei Rabinovich crossed. The, it was Tzadik Ches. It was 1938. The Friedrich Rebbe was in Perkisdorf, which was a... a uh, a court a resort area near Wien, near Vienna. I'm thinking if it was possible. If it was after the Anschluss, it wasn't possible. When was the Anschluss? In 38, in March, Mestame, yeah? So, it, so either it was Tzadik Zayn or it was someplace else. The Friedrich Rebbe traveled from America to see the Friedrich Rebbe. I'm sorry, Jacobson. And Dovid Rebbe is coming from America. As it would happen, the Dovid Rabinovich came to the Friedrich Rebbe after Rabbi Jacobson left to go back to America. And somehow he arrived in America ahead of him. I the, the means of travel affected it in this way. So when Rabbi Jacob moved on Friedrich and the Friedrich and that trip was very special. He spent 10 hours with Friedrich and And people say that that trip, so to speak, set the stage for the Rebbe's moving. It, it refreshed his whole... His, the America came back to me because of this visit. And he said to him, he says, you see, he says to him, he says, there's a place. My grandfather, the Rebbe Marash, was used to command people what to do. The tatef lagzogim. My father would suggest. <laughs> he says, "By me, he says, by me, I don't. I'm not comfortable not saying and not suggesting. However, it seems he says, but you gotta listen." I told it Adam, you shouldn't move to Israel. Look, he's moving back to America. And the Rebbe said, "It's not kill. He's somebody, somebody great. Is it just as the Matthias? You ask a Rebbe, you gotta listen." A kid said, "Rabbi Jacobson left." And before he left, the Friedrich Rebbe told him that when he arrives in America, he should make a fabrengen, he should find all of Anash to fabreng together with the Radam. 
when the Adam arrived, Bamfriede came Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe revealed him Chayelu. This was five years before the Rebbe was Magal to everybody. Chayelu was revealed in Tosh and Gimel, 1943. This was 38. When the Adam came back, they came to his hotel in, in New York, in Manhattan, Chayelu. He told them that the Friedrich Rebbe told them, today is the Yema Lebes Hashanah Meres Agdelu. So they had a Fabrengen. During that Fabrengen, one of the stories he told was the following episode. I do not think he was actually present, but he heard it from his Chaveda. That the Rebbe Marash got sick. Bechal, the Rebbe Marash was not a healthy man, but his histalkus was completely malmailam. It was clear that this man was like completely in charge of his own destiny. He allowed himself to be examined by a doctor. Bechal, the Rebbe Marash didn't need doctors because he was himself a doctor. The Rebbe Marash used to buy, imagine doing that today, he would go to the drugstore and buy raw compounds and mix his own medications. He knew medicine, he knew he read Latin, and he would send his shliach to the pharmacist to buy. Not medicines, but materials. And he mixed his own medicines. Um, but he allowed to be examined by a doctor. And a big professor came. And he was there. And a day or two before the Yisistalkos, he walked out of the Rebbe Marash's room. And he sat down on one of the sofas. The Rebbe Marash was very comfortable. His house was very rich. Comfortable chair. And all the young light, the Bachrim, stood around. And the doctor said to them, you probably want to know how your Rebbe is doing. He said, let me tell you about your Rebbe. He says, he says, I went into your Rebbe and I asked him if I could make a little incision, I believe behind his ear, a little, with the scalp, make a little cut. And he really didn't want. He, was not, he didn't like the idea. And he said to me, I know why you want to make the incision. He says, because there is a toxin, a poison, that invades the body and it spreads, radiates from a certain point out. From the time that it crosses the barrier into the brain, the person is comatose. The person is in a coma. And you want to see if this toxin has invaded my brain. And he reluctantly allowed the doctor to take the incision and to do his examination. And the doctor said, the toxin had invaded his brain. And he's sitting on a chair talking to me. And he said, I felt like I was a student in university listening to my professor. He says, the Marash Apiteva should have been in a coma. And he's sitting and having a chat. And the doctor was, this is what he repeated. He said, I, was, I thought I was sitting in my university class and my teacher's teaching me a lesson, my medicine. Mm-hmm. The saved other was that Amarash took his pocket watch and he put in a little match. So that the hour hand would reach a certain point, it would stop. Then he called in each one of his children. He was survived by five children in order of age. And he spoke to them and he gave them a bracha. The last person was his youngest daughter, Chaya Mushka who was the Friedrich Rebbe's aunt, which was also the Friedrich Rebbe's Mechateniste. Her son, Menachem Mendel Akoyin, married the Rebbe's Shendel, the Friedrich Rebbe's youngest daughter. Um, and they were killed in Treblinka. All three of them, the Rebbe's Chaim Mushke, the Rebbe's daughter Chaim Mushke, and her son, Menachem Mendel Akoyin Hardenstein, and their daughter-in-law, the Rebbe's Shendel, the Friedrich Rebbe's youngest daughter, were all killed in, in Treblinka in 1941, Tavshim Beis. Um, he said to her, According to the divine plan, I was supposed to take it to the chuppah. But he implied there was change in the plans. He's not going to be able to. He gave her a bracha. She was very young. She was very young. I don't know how old she was, but she was probably nine, seven or eight. Very young. This was the astrology. He passed away sitting in the chair. Exactly at the moment that the hour handle reached the point where he had stopped his watch. Also the mice. Now let's get to the Maimer, right? Because if you don't start, you don't finish. <laughs> and for some people, there's a world, and they're a bit of Yamtif. 
So yesterday we learned what's called in the culture the biur, the philosophy, the scholarship of the Maimet. Thank you very much. And what we learned was that there are two things. Taira and the Shamas Yisrael. Taira is called Kavaydi, and Shamas Yisrael called Kalanik Rabishmi. In their origin, what they call in the culture, in their essence, they're the same. They're one mm-hmm. with the Yabishta. But the way they emerge, they're very different. How are they different? They're different because the Neshama, as the Neshama comes down, it becomes separated. Like a child is separate from his father. Because when the Neshama comes down, separate from his father, the Neshama has two advantages. On the one hand, he's one with Alakus, Atmos. On the other hand, he's a separate entity who functions with his own free will and so forth. And as a consequence, he's able to bring the light of the Ebrishtin into this world. Kolanik Rebishmi, and Neshama is the reason why the light of Godliness comes down. But then the devil tells something additional. Not only is it true that a yid, because he's Moshesh and Atmos on the one hand, and separate from the Abish on the other hand, is able to bring godliness down. But in addition, he's able to bring godliness into the Torah. Although the Torah is already Torah, the light of the Abish, nevertheless, the Shamas Yisrael, are able to add to the Torah something which is higher than the Torah, which is the Abishad himself. Torah is God's light. When a Yid learns the Torah, he brings the Abishad into the Torah. And I explained to you in yesterday's class, and this is the way we resolve the conflict. On the one hand, we say a Jew needs Torah to connect to the Abishad. There are three knots tied to one another. Teda is attached. A yid is attached to the Torah, and the Torah is attached to Hashem. So the yid needs the Torah for his connection to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. But then there's a third knot. It's a circle. That seems first a yid needs the Torah to learn who and what a yid is. Once the Torah reveals mm-hmm. to a yid what a yid is, the yid then does the Torah a favor by learning it, which is called Teda Lishma, learning Torah for the sake of the Torah. Doing the Teda a favor, because when a Yid learns Teda, he connects the Teda to a Yid. This is more or less yesterday's Shmuz, yesterday's conversation. Today we learn about Simchas Teda. So let's start from the very beginning of the Maimah. Kuf Memchaz. Simchas Teda. Let us analyze the significance of Simchas Teda. That we all know, She Yisrael Mesamchim, as HaTeda. The Jewish people give joy to the Teda. Notice the language. It doesn't say we rejoice with the Teda. We give the Torah happiness. When a Yid dances with the Torah, he's making the Torah happy. We bring joy to the Torah. Not by studying and toiling in the Torah, by singing and dancing. The Rebbe asks the question, How can you explain how is it possible to even use that kind of language the Jewish people are somehow bringing joy to the Tater? Tater is God's. And a Yid is a Yid. What does it mean a Yid makes the Tater happy? And the Rebbe says, before I answer the question, I want to explain the question better. And the Rebbe proceeds to say three things. Now if you look on the margin, I wrote what they are. There are three levels of Tater. The first level of Tater is Yerusha, is an inheritance. And of course, the idea that Tayda's inheritance means that every single Jew, as long as you're born, the whole Tayda is yours. It's inheritance to every Jew. That's the first idea. And then, closer to the bottom of page, Kuf Memches, it says, which means Tayda is not an inheritance. The Pasuk says Tayda is an inheritance. And the Mishnah in Pirkei says it's not an inheritance. Now, what the Mishnah is arguing with the Chumash? 
And of course, the answer is sure, Tate is an inheritance on a spiritual level. If you want to bring the Tate into the brain, you got to work. So that becomes the second dimension of Tate, which is called Yigiyah, the toil of Tate. And the third dimension of Tate is called the Matana, a gift. Now, when this particular uh, Maimed, the Rebbe seems to underscore that the significance of Tate being a gift is greater than Tate being an inheritance and greater than the idea of Tate that we work for. So the Rebbe says, in as much, let's read it inside, okay? Every Jew inherits the Tate. From birth, Tate is ours, on a spiritual level. In addition, every Jew during his lifetime learns the Tate, tries to understand it, and to this end, he works hard. And finally, after we inherit the Tate, which is the first level, and we learn the Tate and try to understand it to the best of our abilities, God gives us a gift of Tate, which is the ability to understand the Tate, which is beyond what we're able to understand on our own. The Rebbe brings two opposite men, Marei Chazal. On the one hand, we say, um, You don't get gifts for free. You have to earn gifts indirectly. On the other hand, we say, God is the one giving the gift. So even if we've earned it somehow through our avayda, that we should get more than we deserve is a matana, but when the Abish to give us a gift, it's a gift reflecting God's ability to give. So these become three levels of learning Torah, or, or connecting to Torah. The inheritance, the earned Torah, and the Torah which is a gift beyond what we earn. So on page Kuf Memtes, the Rebbe says, where I made the Vav on the margin. Vihine. Bishleimah. Now that we understand that there are three ideas in Tata, and apparently there are three steps in Tata, in this order, first an inheritance, then something that you earn, and finally a gift from the Yerushalayim. When you talk about the first two levels of Tata, the level of Tata which is called Yerusha, which means an inheritance, and the level of Tata which is called Yegiya, which means toil and work that you earn. Shebet Tata, move, and you could explain. Sheshayech, that it's reasonable to say Sheyisrah, that the Jewish people through their effort and their work. Can make the Taita happy. Can add joy to the Taita. Because the idea of making Taita happy means in other words, adding additional light to the Taita. What does it mean to make the Taita happy? It means to reveal more light into the Taita. The Taita that was given to me, because I am limited, the Taita that was given to me is also limited. So you can speak about rejoicing that with the Tata and to the Tata and raising it up higher, Farvas, the Hine. In Yenayanush, the first level, the lowest level in this mind, the Tata is an inheritance. Since every Jew inherits, every Jew inherits equally and simultaneously, is Bederach Mamela, it's automatic. This reflects, this is such a level of Tata. It has descended. It has been lowered so much. has a relationship with every single Jew. You know how much a relationship the Tata that we inherit to every Jew is. There's no need for toil even. So the Tata, which is an inheritance, argues that ever when you inherit the Tata, you inherit it all. But apparently you inherit it in a very limited way. Why? Because you don't know how to value what you have. Anything which you get for free is meaningless. It's valueless. An inheritance is so-called for free. So he says, this level of Torah is somehow very, very limited, very superficial. And therefore, you can explain on this level, it should be lacking joy. 
the Yisrael, I had a very docile moment, yet serves the Abishter Yesifu Simcha Betayda. They give the Tayda joy. The whole Tayda is ours. And the whole Tayda is ours, is ours, we own it. But what quality can we extract from the Tayda level of inheritance? It's very limited. So rejoicing with the Tayda and for the Tayda will enhance that. Then the Rebbe continues, I am nine lines or eight lines from the end of the paragraph of H. Kufmim test. There's a vertical line in your text. Even the level of Tere, which happens through toil. Since you achieve it through hard work. But on the other hand, it's achievable. This also indicates descended from its level. How much has Tere descended from its level? A human being can access it. Through his toil. The very fact that I can understand it, and the very fact that I can hodave, I can toil and come closer and closer to understanding it proves. It shows on a descent of Tere from its highest level. through his hard work. And this second level as well, move we can explain. It's conceivable. The Tere which we're working on should be lacking joy. The Yisrael, when the Jewish people do their service, they add joy to the Tere. In other words, as much as Tere is limited, we can explain what it means that Jew is rejoicing with the Tere, for the Tere. He's bringing joy to the Tere. The first two levels are limited. Says the Rebbe Havel, however, the third Madrege, be Madrege, is a Tereq Fishi Bechilis Maton, the level Tereq, which is a gift. And what do we know about gifts? It's defined by the giver, and the giver in this case is God Almighty. Shilamai, Lamigeda, and Ibrahim Lagami, it's altogether beyond what human being can achieve. And therefore, the Ein, Oshayachas Klala, the Hamata, is no relativism to our own level, our own work. Labor that I'm not automatically. Vagam labor that I nor through toil, and therefore the question is any movement. The Rebbe says they don't understand in comparison to the level of Taylor, which is an inheritance. The Shaila is a Shaykh, Lay Meshech Choser Ba Inyanasim. How could you speak about this level of Taylor and say it's lacking something? And the joy is added. I have it as some Shayyatra to the work of Yidden. Shaykh Misam Chemas Taylor, they bring joy to the Taylor. If Tate is limited, you can add to the Tate, one of the things that you can add is joy. If Tate is infinite, what does it mean we're adding to the Tate, and specifically how would you bring joy to the Tate? So the question basically is, which is two questions. Question number one, what does it mean to make the Tate happy? And question number two, how can we do it with our feet rather than with our minds? And the Rebbe then qualifies, refines the question by saying, we're not asking about Tater per se, we're talking specifically about the Madreg of Tater, which is a Matana. How can you add Simcha to a Tater which is beyond our limitations? This is the question. Okay? I just skipped yesterday's class. Okay? That's what I just did. I skipped yesterday's class. What did we learn yesterday? What did What did we just... Now we're skipping yesterday's lesson. What was yesterday's lesson about? Yesterday's lesson was defining what Ayid is. And if you recall, they had such interesting oasis. The Rebbe said Ayid is His existence is not even a source for the world. He's one with Abish altogether. A Jew is above the whole concept of change um, altogether. 
And he doesn't even have Pneumius and Chitonius. By Yid, there's no such thing as Pneumius and Yid is higher than anything which can be a Mokka for Elamis. Have a Shina Pneumius. And therefore, because a Yid is Mushish so high, all that comes forward from the Abish that is in the schus of the Yid. The Yid brings godliness forward. So the Rebbe therefore taught us, Yidn bring godliness into the world, but then he added something more. Yidn bring godliness into the Teda as well. When a Yid learns Teda, the highest level of learning Teda is learning Teda Lishma. Teda Lishma means Teda for the sake of the Teda, learning Teda for the sake of Teda itself, or in other words, doing the Teda favor when you learn it, because when a Yid learns Teda, he's connecting the Teda to the Nesana Teda. So the Rebbe says, now Simchas Teda makes sense. By the same token, we can also understand the meaning of You cannot join to that. Now we know now that this answer is not simply going on the idea of Simchas Teda. But it's going on the idea of being Mesameach, the Madrega of Teda, which is called Matana. Because the Madrega of Teda, which is Yerusha or Yegiyah, we understand already. The level of Teda, which is a gift from God. In other words, what God gives us, which is completely beyond anything we can reach on our own on the one hand. But on the other hand, we've earned it to the best of our limited abilities. Even the level of Teda, which is beyond us, we can give joy to. Hainu, this means, we add additional light to the Teda. Commission is by, as we discussed at length. And that repeats the same thing he said yesterday, that there's two steps. First of all, the lower level of Teda is the intellectual level of Teda. And the Yid brings in the intellectual of Teda godliness. And second of all, the Lamailam is and above this. The level of Teda which is called light. You bring the Abish to himself. So you connect the lowest level of Teda which is Chachma to Oyer. And you collect the higher level of Teda which is Eir to the Abish to himself. And the Yid is able to do this. Why is this possible? Shadavka Yisrael, Jewish people specifically and exclusively. They're the ones who could bring godliness into the Teda and connect it to the Abishter. Why? Because the point, of course, is to make a home for Hashem in the lowest world. The Jewish people are in the position to do it. The Jewish people do it, in fact. And in addition to making this world a home for the Abishter, they bring the Abishter into the Teda as well. This is the question and this is the answer. What does it mean to rejoice with the Teda? The answer is bring light into the Teda. What does it mean to add light to the Teda? To bring something into the Teda which by itself is higher than the Teda. Are you able to do this because he's one with the Yevishna? Okay? This is the second part of the Maimur. The first part of the Maimur was the philosophy. The second part of the Maimur was explaining Simchas Teda. What is achieved when we celebrate with the Teda, when we rejoice with the Teda and for the Teda we add Godliness to the Teda itself. But then comes the third point of this Maimur. And the third point of this Maimur is how do you do it? How do you bring the Teda joy? How do you add something to the Teda? Right? I, and I'm not making any comparisons, I have a website. Imagine a person will come to me and say, you know, I found your website, I picked up your computer and I danced. I picked up my computer and I danced. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Put the computer down. Click a share and listen. Why don't you to pick up dance my computer? It's a waste of time. Why are we picking up the Abish's computer and dancing with it? Tater's not a computer, it's organic, it's living. It's a strange thing. Metansmith the Tater. What 
is achieved, but you want to celebrate the Teda, get the biggest G'deli Yisrael to get together, to appear Gvaldekashiurim, and to celebrate the Teda by learning it. And yet, Simchas Teda, we don't do that. We dance with the Teda. And of course, I'm sure you know that we do a similar thing on Shavuos. Right? What do the Misnagdim do on Shavuos? They stay up a whole night, and they learn. It's a beautiful thing. They learn that Shurim literally a whole night they're learning Teda. Today in Kwan Heights already in some places doing it. And it's Pashat Hepik Minik Achsidim. We don't do it. We do not learn. Don't have shiurim. We read Tikkun. You know what Tikkun is? Boring. Believe me, I've done it many times. You read literally bits and pieces of different parts of Teda. Just enough to remember what you're reading. But God forbid enough, they should actually get something from it. Three psukhim in the beginning of Bereshis. Three psukhim in the end of Bereshis. Three psukhim in the beginning of Neach. Three psukhim in the end of Neach. Teda, I say. Mamish, you, you, you can't. Tikkun is the most frustrating thing you'll ever do. And frankly, you're tired and you probably ate too much, so you're falling asleep. And it's a struggle to get your ticket. And you scratch your head and say, "Wouldn't it be better if we had a shir, a pasarafot, the merkava, all kinds of exotic things? There's no shortage of stuff on tish and shvuas. Why are we reading words?" And in Chassidus, the answer to both is the same. Simchas Teda, we dance with the Teda for the same reason as shvuas. We read oisiyes Teda. And Tikkun Lashfu is the idea of reading words, not understanding it. Understanding you'll do after. Tikkun Lashfu is you're reading words. And for the same reason, Simchas Teda, you're not understanding the Teda, you're dancing with it. Why? Is the Teda Tzadzim. now, now means, now that we understand, number one, that it is the Jewish people that bring the Ebishter into this world. And number two, that the purpose of creation is to bring the Ebishter down into the lowest realm. Yuv and Gamatam, we can also explain the way, the method by which Jewish people celebrate with the Teda, for the Teda, through the Teda, and in the Teda. It's not by studying the Teda and toiling with the Teda, which would actually make sense. By singing and dancing. And of course, the Shaili is what kind of holiness is added to the Teda by closing it up and jumping up and down. Doesn't make any sense. I'm sure you know it says in the the Buddha. I think it named it the Malshemtiv. At the Malachim come in the morning to Gan Eden, Simchas in the morning, and they see a terrible sight: broken shoes, and buttons, and heels, and taps, and empty bottles, and a mess. Gan Eden is never messy. The Malachim come, come to the Gan Eden Simchas Fatog, and they find Farchazet. What's going on? He said, this is the shoes, and these are the boots, and these are the heels, and these are the taps, and these are the laces, and these are the buttons, and this is the hat, and the broken glasses of Yidnam Gitan Simchasteir. And they push it physically, and transport it to Ganeid. And they stay in the Sikhs, and the Ganeid, and the Malach, I'm not used to, Bechol says, what's mitamol and Ganeid and Sheikh? And this is the end. Why? Let's go back to the Pasuk again. We have this pasuk. Now we interpreted the first half of the pasuk. goes on yidin, goes on teir, and we say that for yidin and for the teira, brasiv yitatev afasis is the eibish to meidel mabriya. Brasiv, the eibish meidel mayitzira, yitatev, and the eibish meidel masia afasis. But there's a word that's extra here, and that's the word af. Af means also, additionally. If it would not say af, it would simply say brasi yitzati asisiv. The luchayit would be the same thing. What's the significance of af? The af hifsika inyan. But the word af between yitzati and asisiv is an interruption. 
Now some places, how do you interpret the interruption? By saying the lowest spiritual world and the most spiritual of physical worlds are very far away. This is a Gashmi's Dekha Earth or the Ruchni's Dekha Worlds. But here he says, Faket. This interruption is actually for a positive reason. Shemayde, it shows al darga nayilis yesa, the highest level. Mikola darget shenim nu lifnizef, from all the levels listed earlier. Yeah, it's the maila mi bri, it's higher than bri, it's higher than yitzina, or the maila gama vechina shmi, it's higher even than the Ibishta's name. Asiya is the lowest world. And the word af, asisif, comes to indicate the lowliness of asiya compared to the spiritual world. But on the other hand, this, the lowest of all the worlds, has an af to indicate that its source is higher than all of the worlds. So the word af connotes, suggests, that the Abish did himself, which is the highest truth, is nimshach even into the lowest worlds. You want to bring the Abish himself down, do an action. Because the word asi includes, amongst other things, melash and kfir, to force yourself. In other words, what we consider the lowest, the Abishta considers the highest. This is Elam Asiya, it's the lowest of all worlds. In the world of Asiya, all we can do is action, but in this world of Asiya, you have the Abishta himself. And he adds, of course, the idea of discipline, you have to fight with yourself. This explains the singing and dancing against Simchas the last line on the page. Adafid, the Gab explains in a Sikha top of page Kufnun Gimel now, the dance against Simchasteda is. To get the body accustomed, should enjoy doing a mitzvah. The significance of dancing against Simchasteda is to make the Nishama in the Guf enjoy Yiddishkeit. The Tev Haguf, Mitzadach, made the nature of the body by itself, which is to enjoy physical things. Vidiku the men dancing. Shemiyagi may say which tire a person out. The in yinariga de simchasteiru. And when you dance as simchasteiru until it tires you out, what does it achieve? La hargil as a guf to acclimate the guf. Lehanish mitvah mitzvah to have pleasure from the man of a mitzvah. Shidahu in yinariga de simchasteiru, which is the notion of forcing yourself and bending yourself. Shayadei said that through this, Magi, you're able to reach the highest levels, which is represented by the word Af. And says in the skip the parenthesis, all year long doing mitzvahs is more important than learning Torah. During the month of Torah, the most important thing is Maisa. In other words, and Tisha, the most important thing is action. And included in the idea of Maise is Gamelashin Kfiyev is Kafar, the idea that a person has to bend himself. So the Gemara says what? The Gemara says now the most important thing is Talmud. Right? Why is now the most important thing Talmud? If you learn Tera, you know how to do mitzvahs. Rab Tarfin holds, and the Halach is a Mashiach comes, Maise is going to be the most important thing. Says the Rebbe, says the Rebbe that the Rebbe Rashab is saying something else. That a whole year Talmud God, all year long, the most important thing is Ted. During Tishrei Maisa God, the most important thing is Maisa. Why? Because in an action, particularly an action that a person does by coercion, by forcing himself, he has Abish to himself. This is the reason why. The joy of Simchas 
it's not through learning. by singing and dancing. Because you're there bending oneself. to acclimate the body. to enjoy your mitzvah. So this is the answer. This world is the lowest world, but there's something about this world that exists in no other world. And that's the, comp- the capacity for a deed, for a mice. And the Rebbe said, You did an action. Kavana could be this way, Kavana should be this way. You did an action. You did an action, you brought Atmos to the lowest level in a way that no mitzvah can. So when you want to add to the Taita joy, from higher than the Taita, you don't do it by reading it, you do it by, by dancing with it. Because dancing with it is an action. It's an action which you don't want to do and you force yourself to do. This reveals Atmos also in and the Rebbe goes on to explain the Hine, and he brings again Oisis from the Rebbe Maraj. The perfection of the idea, Shaguf the body itself should enjoy your mitzvah. love happens when Mashiach comes, because when Mashiach comes, the body is going to receive its life from godliness. The Hine, third line of the paragraph, the Hine. Any movement, the question is. How could you explain that the body is being nourished by godliness? Everybody knows that life comes from the neshama. Right now we're alive because in our gufta the neshama. We eat food to keep the neshama and the gufta together. But life comes from the neshama. What does it mean that when Mashiach comes, the body is going to give us life by itself? And the Rebbe goes through examples of Elyon, of Mesha. Second line from the bottom of the page. Ach, you know the answer is. Shalom Sadlavu when Mashiach comes. And tu shlamakavona, the dira betachtenim, I circle the words. It fulfills the purpose of creation of making this world home for the Abishta. In other words, Hashem himself is going to be in the lowest realm. Says that and in the body you will see himself. When you're talking about the Abishta himself, there's no difference between Just like the Neshama is lower than Atma, so is the Guf. Or just like the Neshama relates to Atma, so does the Guf. So in other words, now the body is lower than the Neshama. When you reveal the Abish to themselves, they're the same. And when you reveal the Abish to themselves, not only are the Neshama and Guf equal, the Guf becomes superior. And the Neshama lives from the body. So the Rebbe says, now we dance with the Tera. Why? Because in action, you have the Abish to themselves. Although you're dancing with the Tera to celebrate Tera, which arguably should be celebrated through learning, when you close the Sefer Tere, you tie it up and you dance with it, you bring into the Tere a joy that comes from the Yevish to himself. After Mashiach comes, this is going to be not just on Simchas Tere, and dancing, but in the whole world. After Mashiach comes, you'll see the mile of Gashmi Savaruchnius, Maisa Gadol. You're going to see how the most important thing is the action. That's it. That's the Maimer. That's it. That's the Maimer. So how do we repeat this again? The question is, what's the point of dancing against Simchas Tere? Why not learn? And the answer is, when you learn Tere, you understand a little bit. You understand a little bit more. When you dance with the Tere, you're tapping into the Abish himself through the action. Particularly because the action forces you to force yourself to dance, so to speak, beyond your limits. And therefore, it brings the Abish into the Tere and adds joy to the Tere itself. In junction with the dancing with the Tere. When it came Simchas Tere, they danced in a way that nobody was able to keep up with them. People describe it as The Rebbe would dance a whole night. I'm talking before the Nasiris. And the Rebbe would jump up and down. And people would take turns dancing with him. People who were much younger than he was. Remember, the Rebbe came at Rebbe, he was 48, almost 49 years old, yeah? And, um, and 
they would fall, and the next guy would dance. Against the Nach dance. That's why we just danced all night long. So they say the story that one year the Rebbe wasn't feeling well, the Friedrich Rebbe. So Rebbe Pasha took off his shoes and he danced the whole night in his sack saying, Sha, 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 as if he could dance the Gansadach. Dancing with the table. The dancing with the table was pushed by mice. To see a tzaddik dance is such an incredible thing. I was talking to the girls, I do this with the girls, and they simply do it, but it's called Tishte by the Rebbe. So I had to find a phrase that would describe. Simchas Teda, and it came to me. I think it's a very good way of describing it. If you remember Simchas Teda by the Rebbe, it was incredible joy and so contained, so controlled at the same time. When we're happy, we're crazy. When you watch the Rebbe Simchas Teda, it was mamish Simcha, but at the same time, it was a tzaddik. It was getlachkeit, and it was so. There was no contradiction between the idea of it being in a vessel and being overflowing. That's how a tzaddik looks. Simcha of a tzaddik. So the story that I wanted to tell you first was that when the middle Rebbe was Rebbe, Tzemach Tzedek and the Rebbe are very similar. They're both a son-in-law. They both have the same name. And uh, they both love to learn Teda. They both didn't want to be around the Rebbe, their predecessors. So Shemotov didn't learn that nobody should bother them. Yeah. And they both, at the end of the life of their predecessors, became partners. The Tzemach Tzedek by the middle Rebbe, the Rebbe of Friedrich Rebbe. Both had They Right, of course. Anyway, so it was Simchas Teda and Tzemach Tzedek had getanced and towards morning the simcha was so much he, he threw off his hat he threw off his sotuk he took his shoes and threw them across the room so someone ran to the middle of the and said I think you have to go control your son-in-law <laughs> and the middle of the came into the base madrash and he watched the Samach dance now I forgot the Lushan Yunoi, the exact expression I don't remember, but he said, like, what are you mixing in? Do you know what's going on here? You know how holy this is was advanced. What's extraordinary about it is that this is Poshita Maise. It's an action. Nobody loves the Tayda more than Ereb. And yet when it comes Simchas Tayda, they don't they're not Yoitze Hakafis, you understand? They don't just do it and pay a bill, you know. You know, in other groups, in other Hasidists, in the Hanhaga by Tzadikim is very, very controlled. But the Rebbeim, certainly before the Nesiris, Simchas Tere, the Guf expressed a love for the Tere, and this Mama says, because in that physical expression of love for the Tere, there is greater bringing of the Eibishter into this world than anything you possibly learn in the Tere. And the Rebbe says, we'll see this when Mashiach comes. How dancing on Simchas Teda gets you more than opening up the Teda and studying it, you'll see as the Mashiach comes. And the Rebbe finishes, Although this idea of having the Abish that himself in an action will not be revealed till Mashiach comes, says the Rebbe, Such an interesting vibe. Tishrei is a month of action. It's the holiest month of the year. Everything is about it is so spiritual. And the Rebbe says, Tishrei is my Segodl. And his source is what the Rebbe said on page Kufnan Gimel, the Rebbe Rashab. The Rebbe wrote there, the only place I saw the Nechassidus. Only one place I saw the Nechassidus where the Rebbe says, we always say that now the most important thing is Talmud, the Mashiach, the most important thing is Maise. Says the Rebbe Rashab, every Tishrei, even now, my Segodl. Says the Rebbe, in every year when Tishrei comes, Tishrei is about action. What's action? Mitzvahs. And then Sukkot is the, the lulav and the, the singing and the dancing. You bring down Atzmah Samhut. And more specifically, 
Hini aschol, esinyin zeo bereish, ashon er ol, start with reish it's still concealed and hidden. And then, it's fully revealed on Sukkot. Like it says in the Pesach, Bakesen. Bakesen means it's concealed on Reish Hashanah. means it's revealed on Sukkot. In other words, those ideas which are hidden on Reish Hashanah. The Rebbe is trying to suggest that if it's true that in Tishrei now, it means now you should be able to taste you should be able to taste loss and love now more on Sukkot than Hashanah Yom Kippur. Omnom, however, gam b'chagah Sukkot and Sukkot itself, hagili b'chines makif, it's still indirect. Ubeshmini atzeres nimshech b'primia. Shmini atzeres is the May Day of absorption. The Rebbe says the word atzeres has many translations. One of them means to klita, to internalize. Says the Rebbe, gam b'shmini atzeres that it became mustum and you internalize all the energy tissues in Chastayda, but it's concealed. After you go through all the steps of bringing the image to closer to yourself, and then you internalize it, then there's a renewed joy of Simchas Teira, Nasa Amshacha Bezgaus. It's all revealed. Valachain concludes the Rebbe again, and he says, "Iker Avede the Maisa of Simchas Teira, the time for action of Simchas Teira." She is so mesamchem as a Teira, and again, look at the expression. Not we rejoice with the Teira, we give joy to the Teira. Berikudim and berikudim by dancing and singing. And bring the joy for the whole year. Okay, I'll go to the Yom Success with the Lulu, with the Sukkah. I want to tell you before I let you go. I'm reading now a book called Samarkand. Hillel Zalfman, who was in Empire Shtibu, published a book. It's quite big. It came out in a serial in the Base Mashiach magazine. I put it into a book. It's a wonderful read. It's a wonderful read. What language? Hebrew. I think of translated into English. It's it's surreal. That's what it is. It's like it's like I'm looking at the pictures, and I'm seeing these people. And I grew. I saw these people at Rankin Heights in the '70s. We all came out of Russia, and we saw them as a bunch of oafs, Russian oafs. Now I'm reading this book, and I'm realizing these people risk their lives every day. Not just that they should be Jewish. That somebody else should be Jewish. It's a mind-blowing safe. Unbelievable. The Rebbe was gone. Most of Anash left. Most of Anash left in 1946-47. They were stuck in Russia until 1972-73. 25 years. And they had an underground operation. And they had this organization called Chama. Very interesting. By the way, one of the things he writes in the safe was they had no problem getting a Lulav. They were living in Asia. Lulav, Adas, Narav was not a problem. They had to go to Gruzia which was not far from... The, Samarkand is not Gruzia. Samarkand, I think, is called Uzbekistan. So they would go to Gruzia, which I think is Europe, technically, and they would get the... But the Essig was impossible to get. He says, in 1946 and 1947, a Hasid paid 10,000 rubles for an Essig. 10,000 rubles for an Essig. Now, first of all, you've got to have that kind of money. But then, who means 10,000 rubles it's like spending a million dollars for an essay. It's like unbelievable. And he brought this essay to Samarkand and he shared it with everybody. He didn't keep it for himself. But they got an essay somehow, but it was impossible to get a yad in that essay. The Mendel came to Samarkand in the early 60s, the Mendel fought the fast, and he says, Vosara Maisa, Yanev, a new problem. The Rebbe started sending a game at a certain point with tourists. And the Rebbe instructed how the Esregim should be distributed. And he said, they heard that the Rebbe said that the best Essig 
should end up in Samarkand. It was very small, but it was very atzik, very Yiddish. Anyway, they had an Essek. He said, Davani took forever. They were so full of those Russians. And I hate to say it, they had a lot of time. I mean, nobody worked. <laughs> nobody worked. <laughs> and they lived, but nobody worked. Um, Davani took forever. Why? Because everybody had to do all the Nanuim. If you have hollow for Nanuim and a shyness, God forbid that, you know, you say, okay, you do it for me. No, no. So you had 20 people in the minion. Every time he said, hey, you had to wait for all 20 people to shake the lulaf and make a cup. It took forever. He says, then they finished davening, and the women said, okay, now us. He said, whoa. <laughs> they went to all the nearby shtetlach every day around Samarkand. It was very dangerous, the pale. And he didn't push it, waited for them. They would line up at one esrik. He says, the Nishay Chabad were very frum, he says. They would fast. They wouldn't eat till they made a bracha and esrik. Frum, remember sugar. He says that the women wanted to make a baruch on the essay as soon as the men finished davening, which was late enough. But the men timed it not. First, you have to go to the real villages and mention baruch with all the rest of the men. He says the women fucking pushed trust and guns and takes But they made a baruch on the essay when they came back from their sojourn, from their agafa. That's what he says. He says it made such trouble with Shalabai. He says, but we survived it. It was like the big politics, he says. Okay, I couldn't yamtif. I thank the maybe 